This is Warrior Talk, your weekly information and inspirational business podcast, brought to you every single week by the community of entrepreneurs at freeenterprisewarriors.com. I'm Matt Hayes. And I'm Dave Jenks. And it's the January edition of Ask Dave. Dave, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking time to sit down and chat with us again today. Glad to be here, Matt. Great email so far this month from Brian Jones. Brian is in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Brian, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. For you listening at home, remember, you can email us your questions as well, and Dave will be happy to answer them. I'll tell you at the end of the show how you can do that. But let's get right into it. Brian's question. Brian has a great idea for a book, Dave. This is kind of one of his goals that he'd like to do. It's been a a lifelong dream of his that he's had a couple ideas for a book, one or two main ones, and he wants to get the process started. But, you know, most of us who just live life and do what we do, we're really not taught in school. You know, there's not really a book writing 101 class that you take in college that I don't think all of us really took. You're a best-selling author. You've written numerous different, very successful business books out there. You've been through this process, have done it numerous times and and do fantastic work. Is there a a magic plan, a magic system? Where do we even start when I have the make the mental decision of I want to write a book? Now what? What do I do? I think you've outlined the questions and that, that is what do I do to get started and is there a path? Those are kind of two different questions and let me kind of take the second one first for this reason, Matt, because I think when we know there's a path, we can begin to see that we might be able to move along that path. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and as we wrote our first books, and we we ended up writing five that were bestsellers in the business realm, but the first one is really where we learned our lessons. So I would tell you, I'm giving this wisdom to people based on my, my experience of having gone through it, not so much that I knew what that path was before I began. So it was just like us, where I'm sitting here right now, and I may, and this is personally for me too, I have an idea for a book. You and I have talked about it before, and I have this idea. I don't know where I have, there's no class for me to take or anything, but uh, you know, you can kind of stumble to figure out what to do. You were the same way when you guys sat down to write your book. N- none of you guys had taken professional book writing courses or anything like that. You just kind of stumble upon into the system and, and kind of developed it along the way. We did have one advantage, and that is Jay, one of our co authors, had been from the publishing industry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he had worked with a publisher in New York City and had helped edit books. And so, in a sense, we did draw a lot on his wisdom. And part of what I'm going to share is what we learned by working with Jay through this process. But I will tell you, let me just speak personally. I mean, I had it written on my goal sheet in 1983 that I would write at least two best-selling business books. That's what I wrote on my goal list, by the way, at the same time. And I was only making about $18,000 a year at the time. I wrote that I would be making six figures and I would be regional director of Century 21 for this region I was in. And at the time, I was I was really just a, a district manager, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the funny thing. The reason I, I'm sharing this is because of the power of written goals. I really became that regional director and was making six figures within two years. Wow. Which was astounding. Took my breath away. But it took me 20 years to write the first of the books. Mm-hmm. And the reason was because I hadn't yet earned the right to write my book. So the first step I want to get with people is to say that step one is you have to earn the right. What do you mean by earn the right? You have to have something worthy to communicate Mm. that through your own research, experience, creative thinking, or wisdom, you have really captured an idea or a set of ideas that 
people would be interested in knowing and would learn from and use, right? Because a lot of people can say, I want to write a book, like they might say, I want to make a lot of money, or I want to be well known, or I want to, there's a lot of these sort of generalized goals people can have in their life. And they really haven't thought about what that means. I remember when I was an instructor with the Dale Carnegie Institute, one of the things that Dale Carnegie's books teaches is that to give a great talk, you have to earn the right to give it. And what mm-hmm. that really means is that you have to have something that you passionately want to convey and have earned the right, meaning you you really know what it is, either the story that you're going to tell or the piece of wisdom you're going to give, uh, or depending on how big the book would be, all of the path you're going to guide somebody along that you really have studied it, learned it, know it, and you, you really have earned the right to share it. Now, here's why I say that, Matt, because a lot of people have that idea, but when they really start to kind of maybe even begin to write the book, they really get lost. And the reason they get lost is because they don't know where they're coming from and what they want to convey. They just want to write a book. Right. So this process I want to talk about is a process that's important to follow. And I don't think everyone has to take 20 years like I did. I'm kind of in the slow class. But what I also learned over time is that I was going to be a better author synergistically with other authors rather than being a solo author on my own part. So that's another thing we have to look at. It's just like when I learned that I was pursuing a PhD and I realized at some moment that I really was more of a person who wanted to be in the world of action than I did in the in the world of research and thought. Mm-hmm. So I realized that being an academician, a researcher was not the life I wanted. It was too isolated, you know, with books and ideas and research projects. And I wanted to be in the world of people, interaction, getting things done, making things happen. So I made that switch out. Well, the same thing may be true of us as a writer. Some people are really, I won't say naturally born writers, but they they love to sit down and create things by themselves. Mm-hmm. Others of us, maybe like you and I, Matt, love to create things with other people. Yeah, we get bored. Well, we, get, we, we have we to get be around other people. When we're isolated. No, we and, and I'll, I'll take the other side of it. We get creative when we're in interaction with other people. So yes. one of the things for someone who has that feeling is to either co-author, that's not bad, or to be part of a writing group, or three, team up with a ghostwriter. Now, I want to be clear about ghostwriters. In some cases, like with famous people, often a ghostwriter will actually just talk with them and then write the book and do it under their name and will may not even be referenced, right? It'll mm-hmm. be like that famous person wrote the book, but you and I know they didn't. Right. On the other hand, some ghostwriters are like writers with, it's the story of Matt Hayes with Dave Jenks. Right. Right. Well, Dave is kind of the writing guy and Matt Hayes is the personality or the message that we're conveying. So somebody, you may pick someone to co-author with Mm -hmm. in that regard who may have more experience as a writer. That's one of the things that you'll look at. But that kind of gets ahead of the process. It's just to understand that. The first thing I think that people need to do, Matt, is get very clear of why they want to write the book. I'll get back to the getting clear in a moment part, but I want to go back real for a quick second about what you were just talking about with the people. Just like anything else in business, just like anything else in life, having the being surrounded by the right people for any aspect of life is the same exact way if you want to start a new project similar to writing a book, especially if you've never done it before. Having the right people surrounding you, helping you, working on the project with you would be a huge key, especially if they're like me or you know our friend Brian and just... I don't know where to start. You need to have those right people around you. That's true. That will help at any stage along the way. Mm -hmm. It'll actually help even more 
toward the end of the process. When you're doing finished editing and you're really crafting it and you're really making sure it's something that's ready to go to print, you know, because once it's in print, it's in the physical universe and you might edit it down the road a ways, but you can't change it. Anything you said is out there. That's one of the frightening experiences of being a writer is the closer you get to the publisher's deadline when you know you have to get it to them and they're going to take it to press and print it and then it's going to be have a cover on it and be out there is that you can't change it then. Right. And so any typos or misspeak or bad writing or um, or misinformation that's in there is going to be there. And so toward that end is really when you want to synergize. And if you've read the introduction, and I find this very helpful, take a book you really enjoy. And that's always a good thing to take books that you really gain something from that are the kind of books that you think is going to be like what you're going to write. Mm-hmm. So like I've read incredible numbers of help, self-help books and business books and business strategy books and planning books and creative thinking books and marketing books. And the reason all of that reading that I did and my co-authors did really prepared us to know how those kind of books feel and what we liked most. Well, then I would say pick the books, two or three of the books you like the best and would be role models for you. And now read their acknowledgments, mm. read what the author wrote about who helped them. Them write the book. And I tell you, it will be a massive education because I can't think of a great book I've read other than maybe just a couple of these little tiny books that uh, that kind of were just a great gems of wisdom that didn't involve the author saying how many other people had helped them write that book. And if you look at our books, the ones that we wrote in Relic Publishing and through McGraw-Hill, the, the millionaire real estate agent and the millionaire real estate investor and Shift, if you read our acknowledgments, you'll see that not only were there people who specifically and directly helped us in the writing and the crafting and the editing, but there were people who were our research people, the people who we interviewed, the groups, the masterminds that we got ideas from, the people that we sent copies, preliminary copies of the book to, to get their feedback. And we also got their endorsements and testimonials. That's kind of in the back end of the process. What they did was they made it better, Matt, by giving us the kind of feedback we needed to take that book to its final form. But before you even get anywhere near that, you have to earn that right. You have to get focused. You you have to know your content. You have to know your subject. You just can't. I cannot right now get out of this chair, walk down 54th Street and just mentally decide, I'm going to go write a book about crocheting and I'm going to go sit down at a Starbucks and write it right now because I don't know jack about crocheting. I didn't see you crocheting. (laughs) I really just, it wasn't, Matt, it wasn't part of the image. But by the way, who knows? People have their secret, uh, their secret hobbies. That's right. I have my secret hobbies and all, but you know, let's not get into any of that. If I wanted to write something, it has to be something I'm passionate about. And quite honestly, if I did go out to write a book about crocheting or something that I don't know anything about, it wouldn't be that good anyway because I don't have a passion about it. I don't know about the subject. That's right. There's two kinds of writers. There are people who are professional writers. I mean, their profession is writing. Mm -hmm. They have spent their uh, probably a great share of their life learning the skill, studying creative writing. They've had classes. They probably write something every day, right? It's like an athlete goes out and practices or works out every day. Well, they're like a, an athlete, you know, with, with a pen and paper or with a word processor. Right. They're professional writers. Now, they basically can take any topic and write a good piece on it. It might be a, an article for a magazine. It might be a chapter 
in a book, it might be the a whole book itself. And of course, they can even get beyond their own personal interests to take their, their curiosity and their research skills and their writing skills, and they can go find the information, interview the right people, and create a great book. There are people like Malcolm Gladwell, right? Yeah. Daniel Pink. These are guys who just go out, they really are journalists, and they go out and they find a topic that interests them, and then, or maybe somebody just gives it to them, like the editor of the magazine says, go write a, an article on this. And then they go out and research it and they write great stuff. Okay, that's one kind of person. That's not most of us. We have our life we're living and the things that we're doing. And along with that, either to help that work we're doing, like it does for me as a teacher and speaker, having written gives me both content and credibility in the work I do. But then for others, it would just be something that they want to do because they want to, it's part of how they want to help people. They want to pass on their wisdom. Mm -hmm. For that kind of person, you really need to think about what it is that I really, really, really want to write about. One thing I would like to add, Matt, is that it may sound like I'm making this more complicated. So I want to be real clear that writing a book is an exciting process in life and having written it when it's done, is one of the most exhilarating accomplishments. I remember as we sat there having drafted our first book, and Jay and Gary had sort of drafted uh, an introduction acknowledgments. In other words, they were kind of getting ready to say, we want to thank all these people who've helped us bring this book to fruition. And I was editing it, I was reviewing it, and I started reading, and about two pages into it, I started to cry. And the reason I started to cry was because I realized we had written a book. In other words, the acknowledgments were telling me that we were going to tell the world how we all work together and what we learned in the process and who helped us and why this book existed, what its purpose was. Mm-hmm. And we were sharing that with the world. And I knew, therefore, we had done it. Now, there was still some work between then and finally having it printed. But my point is, that moment was an emotional moment. And it will be for people. When you finish writing a book, it feels so Good. I can imagine. It's your life passion, especially if we're talking about, you know, you mentioned you have to earn the right to do it. It has to be something you are very passionate about, something you know about. If you put that passion and that that knowledge into it, well, of course, it's going to be something you'd be so proud of because it really is your life's work. It is what you mentally are thinking about, whatever it is that you're passionate about. You put it on paper. It's it's almost as if you're, you truly are now committed to what it is you have a passion for. You've put it out there. You've put your name on it. And people are going to go out there and pick that up with your name on it. And it's just almost letting it out of yourself. You've given a gift and you've left a legacy. Now it's tangible. You can't ever take that away from you once you've written the book. It's funny you mentioned the tangible aspect. I can see a few people sitting at home right now. They're excited already, Dave. They're ready to go. They understand the earning of the right aspect. Now they're ready for the details. What what else part of this process do we have to know about? Kind of more the logistics standpoint. You ha- you've earned the right. Now what? You start to build two things. One is uh, the content and Mm -hmm. your vision for the content and its detail. And number two is your writing skill. In other words, there's a set of skills involved with writing. By the way, they can be learned, just like you can learn speaking skills. There's almost every skill in life can be learned. But writing is something that you have to learn. And the way you learn it is by doing it, time on the task. Mm -hmm. So one of the things to start doing is some form of, of daily or regular writing. Now, journaling is a great way. Journaling is just simply where you sit down once a day. Typically, it's a good thing in the morning for a half hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, and you write whatever's on your mind, what happened yesterday, a story that's come to your mind, an idea you've had, some feelings you had, you know, grappling with a problem you're trying to solve. It doesn't matter. The journaling just gets you into the rhythm of taking your thoughts and converting them into the written word. 
Right. That's what writing really is. So one is that's one way. Number two is that you begin to take the elements and pieces of what it is you want to write about and just writing about parts of it. For example, there may be an ex- exemplary story that, that you learned where you had a, a childhood incident or a business uh, circumstance where you learned a lesson that you know you're going to include in your book. Well, then write that story. Just do it as a segment. Just write the story. And by the way, you're not writing it like it's a finished product. You're practicing writing the story that's going to be part of your book. Hmm. Now, the second part of that is starting to gather the research. And what I mean by that is what you're going to write is going to be a collection of ideas. So it may be an idea you have, you jot it down on a, on a notepad. Uh, it may be a quote you take out of a book. It may be, again, one of these incidents I'm saying, and you start to gather together in a folder or a set of folders what I call these materials that you know are relevant to what it is you're teaching or what it is you're going to write about. I use the word teaching so I gave myself away. One of the things that's a great way to move toward writing a book is to begin to teach or speak about or share with others that which you're going to write about. Yeah, so doing blogs is a great way. I mean, that's how Seth Godin really writes all these bestsellers. If you you read his daily blogs, not that they all exactly add up to the book, but you can feel the flow of his thinking and then it moves and out comes a book like Tribes or Purple Cow or one of these really best-selling books uh, that was a summary of his thinking. So blogging is a great way to do it. Writing letters to people who are share your interests. They used to call literary figures uh, a man of letters. And what that meant was their life was about writing letters to each other. Ben Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, these people were always writing letters and their letters become a collected work in and of themselves. But really what they were doing was practicing putting their ideas down on paper. And then you can then use that later on in the future. And that kind of helps that, you know, that conversation. And in a way, like we talked about at the beginning too, those like-minded people that you connect with, that's a great way to do it. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. There you go. You're sharing ideas with them. They're sharing ideas back with you. And that's typically the kind of people that get acknowledged in the in the intro to a book, these people that they shared ideas with or gave them encouragement or inspiration along the beginning of the way. So that's one set of ways to prepare. As you begin now to collect those materials together, what starts to emerge is really step two, which is what I call the creative outline of the book. Okay. And now you start to craft what would be the elements of this book? What would be the chapters? What would be the points I would want to make? You start brainstorming with yourself with this skeleton. I call it the skeleton. In many cases, like if you look at our books, I'm a deep believer in tables of content. So if you would look at the table of contents of our book, it's not just a short little listing of, say, eight or nine chapters. It's generally a very detailed look at all of the subtopics within each chapter. That's particularly true of our first couple of books. Now you start to create what I call the skeleton on which you're going to write the book. In fact, those are great creativity sessions in and of themselves where you sit down and brainstorm what would be the topics and what would be my creative titles and what would be, and you may start making notes about the story or the research that would go under each of that. And what you begin to create, Matt, is a flow for the book. Kind of a great outline to continue to follow through. So that way, as I'm writing and I kind of get lost a little bit, it kind of helps keep me on track. Well, it does. And actually, what it does, you find very seldom will you ever, I've never had this happen for us, write something from the beginning to the end. You never do. 
-hmm. you write pieces of it and they fit on this outline. They fit in this schedule. Maybe mm -hmm. one day you're particularly uh, cranked on one topic and you'll go in and you'll, you'll, you'll do a draft of that chapter. Yeah. It might not even be the first chapter. In fact, I'll tell you what I've found, Matt. The last chapter you write will be the first chapter of the book. Really? Even though you may sketch out what you're going to say in the first chapter, mm -hmm. you never write that first chapter on the intro or the what we call the overview until you've written a whole book because now you're going to tell people where you're going to go from here. Yeah. So you really don't know that till you've kind of gone there. Here's the funny thing. One of the first chapters you'll write is the last chapter. It's the old Stephen Covey thing, begin with the end in mind. Right. So one of the fun things to do is once you kind of get the whole framework of what this book is, write the last chapter. And in the last chapter, you're going to summarize for people the point you wanted to make or the points, the main lessons you want them to take away. And you're going to reference back what you talked about earlier in the book, even yeah. though you haven't written it yet, right? And you're going to say, this is what I want you to do with the book, or here's the action to take after you've read this book. You're going to point people to what to do next, particularly if it's a business or how-to book. Here's where you get started, or here's how you where you go next. And what's interesting, you'll always recraft that last chapter after you've written everything. You'll mm -hmm. re-edit it, but it won't change as much as you, as you think it will, uh, because it will have been your compass. It will have been your guide. That last chapter gives you the destination that all the other writing is heading toward. So in a way, it helps also to clear up that mind of when you look at how overwhelming the process can be when I think of table of contents and this and that and outline and oh, there's so much stuff to do. Just write the end and work towards it that way. You know where you want to go, let it out of you, and then everything else will kind of fall into place uh, as you continue to write, working towards that end aspect. It's a motivational tool yeah. because as you said, it compels you or moves you. It may, it's a, like a magnet moving you and, and you and you get excited about where this is going. Now, by going into these processes that I'm sharing, it makes it all sound relatively complicated. And the truth is that it is. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to give one hint here. It's kind of an overview hint. There will be a moment in time and you'll decide when that is, when you've made the commitment to write the book, right? You may have been doing some of the preliminary work. You've been writing stories. You may have been outlining. When I say you've committed to it, you have a time frame in mind. I'm going to, I'm going to complete this first book or this book by the end of this year. It doesn't matter what that time frame is, but you've now put a time frame on it. Now you've started the countdown clock ticking yep. and you've made that commitment to yourself. That's the time you now need to set aside planned segmented time, time blocks to write on the book. Mm -hmm. And it'll begin with maybe being two or three hours one time a week. I always find that giving something two or three hours is a good thing to do uninterrupted, less than two hours and you can't get even started. Right. Yeah. Uh, more than three, unless you're a professional writer, you'll kind of be at the end of your rope. Right. right. And unless you're on a roll and then you can kind of, you know, keep, keep going making, at that time. Situation. Yeah, keep making hay. Yeah. While the sun shines. But right. the point is you, you now you start setting aside this these time chunks. And then as you move further along, now maybe it's two afternoons a week. And then you have to decide in your life how much you can devote to it, right? So mm -hmm. there's many limits because for most of us, if we're not professional writers, there's other something else we're doing and we, there's other commitments we have. But you would be amazed if you even take three hours a week, one block of time a week, and you begin the writing process, you will get the book finished in, in a time that will surprise you of how quick that is. Might be 100 days, might be 200 days. But the point is that it, that'll be less than a year that you can get your first draft done. Let me ask you this out of curiosity 
We're starting to get to the end of our session here. Brian, thank you again for your uh, question. I appreciate it. And I hope you've had uh, gotten a lot of great information uh, so far from our show today. There's two two things that real quick I want to ask, Dave, that I'd like to wrap up on. Number one, along with this process, taking the time to block it out. I know for me, my ideas come at the most bizarre times when I least expect it. I could be out with friends just enjoying an afternoon, having a great time, and bam, right in my head comes an idea for a project that I'm working on. Always happens that way. And I have to very quickly grab my BlackBerry and I usually email it to myself because I normally don't have a piece of paper and a pen around to be able to write 30 sentences. So I just send myself a quick message to remind myself about it later. Through this process, does that happen often? And what do you do in those situations? That happens all the time because your deep subconscious is working on these these projects you have and particularly the direction you've given it. And particularly if there's an outline in place, it's working on that all the time and it'll finally come up with something. It'll pop it up into your conscious mind. Mm -hmm. You have to capture it. You have to capture it. Just like you said. Now, for you, because you're quick on a BlackBerry, you can do it on a BlackBerry. For me, a great way is to call your voicemail. Call ah, your voicemail yeah. and just verbally download it because a lot of us are very verbal. And so we just say, okay, just had this idea to do blah, 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 And there. And of course, if you have any leverage in your life, like an assistant or administrative person, or even, by the way, there's some great inexpensive services that can uh, do transcriptions, they call it. They take verbal stuff and they turn it into written stuff. Yep. So they can go in and, and take these files, then just turn it into, you know, the, the, the typed word, you can go in and do a slight edit and then store that away. But no, you're right. Ideas come to you all the time. It's important to capture them the minute you have them, because as much as you think you're going to retain it, often you don't. When you write this book and we let it out, like you said, it's a gift that we give out. What happens after this? After we get through the process, we we walk through a bookstore and we see it on the shelf. We're so proud of it. What happens after that? What usually happens? Well, one is we want it to sell. We want it to reach more people. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to decide on either working through an agent or working through a service that does maybe ebooks or actually a publisher, right? So at some point in the process, you're going to have to uh, start talking with people who are in the publishing world and have published books. And that's a whole uh, realm in of itself about right. how you get published. Assuming that you found someone to publish your book, or by the way, you've self-published. Here's an interesting thing. It's really important for people to know this, Matt, that when we wrote our first book, The Millionaire Real Estate Agent, we could not find a publisher, a legitimate publisher that was willing to publish it. Really? Even with all our credibility and, yeah. you know, and how good we thought the book was, and we sent them, you know, an outline and we sent them preliminary chapters. We even worked through an agent. So we self-published. We just went to a, a book printer and worked through them and got it formatted and made it look good and had a cover designed and all that stuff. And we self-published. Now, the pressure on us was to use our sphere of influence and our database to get it going. We were connected and we we sent people and we got people interested and we took out some ads in realtor magazines and we did other things to promote it. And, and we, we drove everyone to Amazon. And of course, even at Amazon, at first, they only would take us on a consignment basis right? because yeah. we weren't proven authors. Mm -hmm. So the point was they weren't going to buy anything. They weren't going to pay us till they sold them. And they were only going to get a few, a couple of boxes or something on consignment. But they at least, that's the neat thing about Amazon. They will take that long tail. They will put you on their site, even though there may be you know minimal numbers at the beginning. Right. The point is, all of a sudden, we, we cranked up into their ranking systems and now publishers saw us. And then we had a couple of inquiries from legitimate publishers. McGraw-Hill was one of them. And ultimately, we worked out a deal for that book. And then, and then so they republished it and future books. So the point is, you're going to have to promote the book and find a way to do it. And Matt, 
It may just be taking it to bookstores. It may be using it through your website. One of the reasons to build a big sphere of influence, Seth Godin calls a tribe, through your blogs and through your website and your Facebook and Twitter and all of that is so that you can offer your book to them. Right. If your long-range goal is to reach out to more people, you're better off to promote it and drive people to Amazon, even though you may get less money than if they order it directly from you, because then it will get identified and rated and begin to move up their list and more and more people will learn of it and buy it. And your name so, gets out there more. It opens up even more opportunities at that point then too for maybe other things, you know, speaking uh, opportunities, getting your name out there, maybe being part of other projects that may be similar to the topic that you're discussing and that you have a passion for. One of the great reasons to write a book, and by the way, this is this is kind of a different a cut at it, is because it gives you credibility in your work. Mm -hmm. So particularly if your book is tied to your work, I've known uh, real estate agents, for example, who have written very thin books on how to market a home or how to use open houses to market a home. It's done in this classy little short, maybe 40, 50 page book. And then that's what they use in their personal promotion. Really? And it's self-published. And it certainly isn't something you and I would bring up to the standard of a business book, but it's a great way for them to get started and they use it in their business. And having written a book even like that gives you you incredible credibility. You can utilize it on many different aspects of your life and of your business as well. Absolutely. Brian, thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate it. I hope that gave you some insight and uh, I hope that I, I wish you the best of luck in your project, man. I, I know you're going to do awesome and please come back to us and let us know what happens with that. We really would appreciate it. And same with you at home. If you're inspired, you've kind of had, you kind of have that itch now. Let us know. I, I love to hear from you and I know Dave would as well. Please, you know, keep us involved in your projects. We love to hear that. And if you have a question, you like to ask Dave Jinks and have him answer in a future edition of Warrior Talk, you can email it directly to Dave. Dave, what's your email address? Dave at freeenterprisewarriors.com. And you can find me, stalk me on Facebook and Twitter. You can find that all through my blog at matthays.com. Dave Jinks, always a pleasure. We'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you, Matt. You can listen to previous episodes of Warrior Talk 24-7 at our website, freeenterprisewarriors.com. We have over 20 episodes with so much information that can help you grow your business and help you with your life as well. We'll talk to you again this time next week with another edition. Until then, for Free Enterprise Warriors, I'm Matt Hayes. Onward.